In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, um, including playing defense, at, at least they tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are the rumors. Those, that's the rumor. Uh, I am your host, uh, Hooligan7, uh, otherwise known uh, this night as uh, Let's Go Ogs because the, the, the D is silent. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm joined tonight. Uh, but... <laughs> the D is missing. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, joined tonight by Hood Husky and the Darker Knight. How are you gents doing this evening? <laughs> doing well, doing well. <laughs> chilling, chilling. No, no complaints no here. Uh, ready, ready to get five and two. Yeah, here's to that for sure. Um, all right, let's, uh, we'll, we'll do beverages, uh, darker night. We'll start with you. What are you, uh, sipping anything special tonight or, uh, team H2O? I'm in, man, I'm in recovery mode right now, but I do got me, uh, some tea and some lemonade here trying to get my voice back together. Nice. It's going to be needed on Saturday for sure. Uh, Hood, how about you? Uh, you know, I obviously have my, have my water of course, but. I, I switched it up a little bit. You know, I need a little sugar in my life. You know what I'm saying? So I got the Santa Cruz Organic um, Raspberry Lemonade. Ooh, nice. You know what I'm saying? It's all mine, so I can sip out the glass bottle. You know, look like it came out of Grandmama Thank House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I am uh, currently working on a uh, one liter uh, Kirkland Signature Organic Coconut Water. Um Getting hydrated, but little spin, little flavor. Um, even if it offends J Cap, <laughs> I love coconut Calm water, dog. I see you, hooligan. What? Okay. Uh, Calm before the storm. I see. You. <laughs> I love coconut water. All right. Um, we do kind of stupid tweets, or or just kind of stupid things that we've witnessed, and, and I'll start and say that uh, mine's going to be a, a really stupid refereeing call, um, including a booth review in the. Uh, targeting getting called on uh, uh, Asa Turner uh, on Saturday. Um, yes, Asa, who had, you know, basically at the point, like, he was already going down to try and tackle uh, Emery's legs at the point that Emery started to slide, clearly didn't put his head down, did not lower the crown of the helmet. Yeah, like, there was some contact to the head, but, like, that was, you can't, like, there's no possible way that you could have avoided any contact whatsoever. Um, that's just, it's just God awful <laughs> officiating and it's par for the course in the, in this conference. So it's a stupid things, stupid whistle. Dude, uh, to, to continue that theme, man, um, dog on it. I, I hate to, to pick on the reps, man, but, um, when when corners are intentionally stepping on the the feet of receivers and things like that, and it happens more than three, four, five times, like you have to start penalizing, especially when you're made aware. And Rome was getting his feet stepped on and his heels stepped on on a lot of his deep shots and a lot of his targets. Um, and it's just unfortunate that uh, it wasn't called or um, there wasn't some type of halftime adjustment because it happened in the first and second half. So. Uh, there's my. I would say that's my stupid thing. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're telling me that an Arizona State team did something outside the, you know, the, you know, playing good, clean defense to to draw an advantage. <laughs> I can't imagine Matt, such a geez. thing. Uh, our buddy Leo would know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to <laughs> how Arizona State's uh, women's team under Charlie Turner Thorne play defense with uh, grabbing hold of everything they possibly can, jerseys, hair. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> but not playing fair. Come on, play the game straight up. Like, yes, you can call holding on every play, but really, we're going to do tripping. What are we, you know, soccer players? <laughs> like, it, it ain't slide tackles. Ain't, I mean, well, I guess I should last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was exactly where it was. <laughs> anyway, uh, darker night. How about you? Any uh, stupid tweets to shame it or uh, stupid? comments uh anything under the stupid family <laughs> uh none on my end i mean i'm i mean 
I what you guys kind of brought up was <laughs> kind of par for the course. It kind of speaks for itself, but nothing nothing else that kind of stood out to me. I mean, it's just been a rough couple of weeks, so just ready to dive in and dissect everything. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about what's uh, happened the last couple of weeks. I don't know if we want to talk that much about UCLA, but I think we can kind of talk about some trends that we've seen across both of those games. Um, yeah, recaps, thoughts from the last two weeks of Husky football. Whew. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it was it was definitely some, you know, I, I mean, we call it humble pie, but uh, we acknowledged um, how vital that pass rush was. And when the pass rush disappeared, we kind of see what happens to the defense. Um, had some young guys having to step up into roles that maybe they weren't necessarily equipped for or um, just had to kind of adjust on the fly and it's been a been a rough couple of weeks uh, you know going against some veteran receivers at UCLA uh, was kind of par for the course and obviously with Arizona State to kind of I'd call them UCLA light they don't have the exact talent that UCLA has outside but they still I mean you're able to put our safeties in situations that are uncomfortable and then you leave your corners on islands. Um, so part of it is just frustrating because defensively we just hadn't adjusted our personnel, kind of helped them out. Um, and secondly, it's just, you know, you know, just having those corners kind of learn trial by fire, you know, to have to get in there and, and play a bigger role in this defense. And hopefully, you know, moving forward, you know, they can, they can really step up. Um, I am proud of the way they've responded to close out games. It seemed like they get stronger during the game. Why it takes them so long, I have no idea. Um, but, I, you know, you do kind of see that balance of, you know, when momentum shifts, not in our favor, and their backs are against the walls. Um, they do show some tough, some grit. Um, so I can see, like, where we're going and – that gives me some some optimism, but still kind of tough watching us struggle, not going to lie, especially after those first four weeks. Yeah, I com- I completely agree with you on the – in regards to the defense. Um, I don't think there's anything additionally that kind of can, can be said. I think the loss of Asa uh, versus Arizona State was huge. Um, just him, uh, Cam Fab. Um, as well as uh, Alex Cooker, the communicators on the back end there. And I think they're, well, you know, we, 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 we've seen them kind of get taken advantage of in regards to um, man-to-man coverage. I think uh, with plays getting in relatively late and then just, there just needing to be kind of some seniority on the back end and only a few people capable of doing so, um, I think it's kind of led to some of these personnel kind of situations and things like that because there is a huge lack of communication. But beyond the defense, I think the offense, um, one thing that we were really excited about was how aggressive um, this offense was going to be. And even to DeBoer's admission this week in the press conference leading up to Arizona is how there was an agreement on defense um, that they were going to be aggressive on offense and put the, the defense in some tough spots. And that explained kind of that fourth and one decision, maybe not the play call, but just that fourth and one decision. And um, I kind of just have written down in my notes here that like at some point, you know, when are you going to transition the offensive game plan to be conservative um, to win a game? You know, when can like I for UCLA pregame, I challenged a grub. You know, I wanted to see a second 100 yard rusher and uh, four rushing touchdowns because I knew that we were going to need to run and kind of like slow their uh, offense down, give our defense time to rest and things like that, especially with, you know, lack of healthy guys and their success. But you'd never seen that um, um, that foot off the throttle. They don't mind being down by 21 because they trust their offense. They don't mind being down by 30 because they trust their offense. And you don't have the talent on defense at this point, you know, and the scheme on defense um, at this point to kind of take those risks. So um, that's kind of what I've noticed in regards to the offense. You kind of spoke on the defense. Um, the offense has to just start doing the, the defense a lot more favors. Yep. And and that's, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Hood. That was going to be kind of one of my big takeaways too, is that it's like, yes, it's obvious, 
it's clearly obvious that the staff wants to be able to to establish and and they have a an elite passing game that you know when when DBs aren't stepping on receivers heels and and they're executing you know it is a thing of beauty to watch the passing game operate but part of good coaching isn't just doing what you want to do and doing it at a high level. It's not just like, Hey, this is our specialty and we're going to just lean into our specialty regardless of what the other team is bringing to the table. Part of the other part of good coaching is looking at what your opponent doesn't do well and attacking that. And yes, these teams that we've played um, neither of you know neither UCLA or Arizona State are great passing defenses, and is there money that is there money that we we can and did make attacking them through the air? Absolutely, but they both are not good run defenses. Arizona State in particular, and it's it's just a different equation keeping your defense off the field and not having them continue to have to chase guys like Dorian Thompson Robinson and Zach Charbonnet and Jake Bobo all over the field all day. If you establish the run, one of the things that I was going to talk about last week before our schedules all went to hell was that, yeah, like number one, I didn't agree with the play call um, that led to the safety. I thought that that was kind of too cute a running play to call in that situation, a, a, a short area pitch to the short side of the field backed up against your goal line. And then the subsequent drive, yes, it led to points that led to the 50 yard Peyton Henry field goal we had 11 plays on the next drive. 10 of them were passes. After Wayne had started the game yep. with three runs for 21 yards on that first drive. And this Saturday, the running game got, I think we had like 40 some odd yards on the ground on out of our first drive against Arizona state. It's like the, we, you know, I, I think they're still trying to find their footing there, but I think, the more time wears on, I think, you know, I, I think they're running back by committee. I, but I, I want to see, you know, if I have a, a criticism or, or like on, in terms of the, the personnel that we're using, if I'm honest, I want to see more Cam Davis and I want to see more Dick Newton running the ball early in the game. I agree. I agree. I got a lot yeah. of love for that C on, you know, Wayne Talapapa, um, on his chest for sure, coming in and kind of leading guys, um, rallying guys, uh, kind of elevating that room on and off the field. I got a lot of respect for that, but I think we need our we need to kind of let some of these dogs out the kennel. Um, I saw Sam was out there as well, and I want to see what he's going to bring to the table. Um, I think you know uh, Newton, uh, Cam Davis, and Will Nixon are a quality three that could you know we we are kind of looking around the landscape of the Pac-12 and. The remaining teams on our schedule, we don't need to lean on. We don't need to rely on somebody like, you know, Talapapa specifically. You know, we don't need to lean on. We can be explosive. Um, they're not, like, super tough defenses. And like I said, I got a lot of respect for for Wayne Talapapa, but I definitely feel like we have to transition into to, to more of an explosive uh, running game. Um, also, too, just really quick, uh, to that offensive um, philosophy hooligan, um, in Arizona State versus in the first two drives, you kind of saw that that short passing game, that running game that was kind of gashing, um, and then they just fell back in a tendency, started taking fifty fifty shots to Rome, started taking fifty fifty shots to the tight ends, like you know running tight end screens with Devin Culp to the short side of the. So it's just like Lord have mercy, like you can go against tendencies at at some point, please, like let's do let's throw a curveball because. They even mentioned the staff even mentioned that UCLA. Oh shoot, they they were going um, middle field closed, but during us they ran fifty percent middle field open. You know, so people are adjusting. You have to do the same. Yep, yep. You can't be so. I definitely, I definitely think we need to. I mean, speaking to the offense, we got to find a way to get Jalen McMillan the ball. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Like you can just tell me when he yep. it's just something about when he touches the ball compared to any other receivers. Like it just is something about him that energizes the team. Um, just from you know, just a standpoint of you know his reliability and everything else. So it's nice, and I I love that Rome's getting recognition for like the Blitnikoff and a lot of different watch lists and stuff like that. But we just got so much untapped, you know, potential in that bag. 
that grub just has to kind of get out, like you said, just kind of get out that mindset. Of, it's okay to just run the ball to set up that that big play action pass. We don't have to force it. The more I mean? that I think that's what's gotten us. In the trouble. more that we establish the run, the more space those guys are all going to have because, like, they can't just you know start dropping seven and eight guys because they know we're throwing. Mm-hmm. We're we're and then how do you? And then how do you know that? How do you continuously communicate every week that he's, you know, dinged up and banged up just because of the amount of reps that he's getting? Like, target, tar- target J Mac more. You know, we saw we saw what Taj is capable of. We saw what Polk is capable of. Like, just let Rome take rests. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna need him versus Oregon State. We're gonna need him versus Oregon. We're gonna need him versus Wazoo. Some of these like tougher defenses. I'm trying to figure out like. You know, you got to manage these reps and things like that. Like, Rome is the last, what, two, three weeks is, like, high usage. Very high usage. And you can't afford to – everybody's going to just squat on you at that point if if you are if you don't have Rome last the whole season. So, uh, yeah. Also, I just want to say shout-out to Dylan Morris for his 13-yard strike. Hey, come on, Demo. Nice. But also, just running the ball, I mean, it's complimentary football, right? So – you know, you see your defense is struggling to stop a nosebleed. You know, slow the game down. It's okay. You know, you could play a game in the phone booth too. I mean, you've got a physical offensive line. You got physical running backs um, with some pop. Like it's okay. Everything doesn't have to be <laughs> drop back pass. Even short pass the game works too. But like you can set the tone with your with your running game, especially, and that'll scare defense faster than dropping back and pass. Trust especially me. against teams that aren't good at defending the run. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so I think South Al- South Alabama, I'm, and who's turned out to be a pretty good G five team this year, ran for like a buck fifty plus on on UCLA. Like, and, and and by the way, physically too. Yeah, and by the way, and and nothing in 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 my call for seeing more of Cam Davis and Richard Newton was a slight on Wayne Talapapa, and I'm not saying Wayne shouldn't see the field again. I'm just saying like there are different kinds of athletes; they have different skill sets, and it's also something that a defense has to pay attention to if if they're seeing different kinds of running backs, you know, like it's just it's it, it gives them a different look to, to to what we're saying in the passing game. It doesn't all have to be Rome. Jalen and Jalen have skill sets. Taj has a skill set. Like mix it up. I'm gonna voice a, a tiny frustration, and it is it's relatively nitpicky, but. Um, we see a lot of teams around the country, wide receivers who aren't of the capa- uh, ca- uh, caliber of the receivers on our team, making plays after the catch. Um, I'm seeing running backs who aren't as good as running backs on our team, making people miss in the open field and they're scoring. Um, two plays that I just want to kind of point to, and granted, you know, I'm not saying they define the game or anything like that, but make a play. Um, is Cam Davis's long run. It's you and another guy one-on-one, and you basically run a straight angle out of bounds. You don't threaten them. You don't pity pat your feet you don't make a move to score your angle was completely to get to the sideline try to outrun his angle but while you were trying to outrun it you were jogging you weren't even sprinting to the angle you know so it's that was a weird and then um towards the end of the game i think it's last drive maybe second to last drive um where it's like third and 20 or second and 20 and there's a throw to Rome, and he has to beat jordan clark one-on-one and there is <laughs> 15, 20 more yards of green grass, and he makes an open field tackle on a 6'3", or 205-pound wide receiver. So for me, I'm going to need to see big plays. You look at Arizona's offense, and Jacob Cowing makes a lot of plays after the catch. Doran Singer, after the catch. You know, I, I need to see I need to see that from our guys. And that goes to your point of targeting guys like Jay Mack, who does that. So Yep. Yeah, and it. Yeah, uh, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. and I was going to say to kind of briefly touch on some a couple of things that I spotted in the UCLA game. Um, it's not over, you know, to overly to over criticize Mike at all, but they were bad. Like both of the interceptions in the first half against UCLA were bad reads. Were locked on. He wasn't necessarily locking onto one receiver, but he was locked onto one side of the field and missed. Um, like there was a situation, the first one against UCLA, Rome and Jalen were both on that side of the field and there were, it was those two and four UCLA defenders essentially in a square at the point that the ball was released. Um, and then, and I think 
Jalen Polk was open on uh, basically on a at the sticks in route and with, you know, it, it would have, that would have required a layered throw over the linebacker underneath the safeties, but he had a step on it on, on the corner that was covering him. And then Dev was why, I mean, granted, probably not going to pick, pick up the first down, but wide open on a block and release. And he could have picked up eight, nine. And if he breaks a tackle, there's the first down right there. And then on the other one, um, kind of locked onto Rome. And if you talk about somebody being wide open, right before halftime, Jalen McMillan, literally, with yep. no one within five yards of him, like not a soul. Like, yep. I don't know how much they're really. I'm not trying to be like, and I don't even know if this is true, but. Um, in the first two, three weeks, I heard a lot about uh, the details of the game um, and drilling things and, you know, for the opponent. Um, I haven't heard a lot of that the last two weeks. And I don't know if that's because of injury that they may have, like, approached practice different. I know Alex Cook played in the game and wasn't even at practice a lot. Um, I think that was going into the Arizona State game. A lot of the young guys were getting reps. And it's just like, you know... I, there's you can't really tell what this what this staff is doing or it doesn't kind of feel like there's a lot of foresight it's kind of like they're reacting to a lot of the stuff and instead of having like a program or something in place to be like x happens we're doing z you know like it kind of seems like oh shit like let's do h oh well that's you know so kind of seems like there's a little bit of um uh, mismanagement a little bit, but I think we're right the ship. I think home is, is, is big for us. Um, we see them two grass fields didn't treat us well on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think we talked about it a little in the pre-show and I think it bears mentioning. Um, I think we're starting to see a real dichotomy in the staffs on the various sides of the ball in that we're very, very scheme scheme. I mean, and obviously we have a, we have great athletes on the offensive side of the ball, but it's very scheme, very advanced, very technical, put your opponent in bad situations. And if anything, our defensive coaching is putting our own team in bad situations, whether that's be getting, you know, calls, getting in late, not running a scheme conducive to the athletes that you have, um, putting them in, you know, in bad spots, you know, and I mean, part of coaching, and I mean, like, yes, you know, and, and I think this debate has been kicked off on Husky Twitter over the course of the last years. Is it the personnel? Is it the coaching? Is it A, B, and C? And yes, did recruiting in the defensive backfield slow down fairly significantly over the course of the last two years? Yes, but all of this doesn't happen in a vacuum and college coaches aren't paid for results four years from now. Like you're paid to coach the guys that are on your team right now. And yep. we've gone from, and like if you, and if anybody out on Husky Twitter, that's starting to blame, you know, that is over indexing on the blame the kids side of the th- side of things. Look at what good coaching can do on the other side of the ball talent's the same and oh my god we've got good coaching and a good system when a good and good quarterback play and we've got a top 20 offense in the country like it it's not it's not fucking rocket science like it's both they like and like oh how can you blame uh, i said it in the gc it's like you know what you when push comes to shove my index when when things are going wrong my index or my instinct is to blame people getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars to do the job, not the college kids trying their best that, that may not know any better that, that haven't received, you know, particularly when we're so young at the spot, those guys didn't get the coaching from Will Harris and Jimmy Lake. Like, and then yeah. the guys that did are hurt. Like, I think this team, we talked about it a lot and shouts to you hood. Cause it, you were one of the people that said, it's like this team misses niche power right now. Big time. Mm-hmm. And it's just understanding your personnel too, right? So, like one thing you gotta give Jimmy credit for is running his scheme, but knowing what guys were not man-to-man guys and what guys were more zone and space guys, and you just gotta play to your strengths. If you know you have, you know, maybe you alter your scheme, you know, based on one guy's skill set. If if Perriman's more of a man-to-man guy, 
maybe have one side of the field play man or you have him locked up while the others play yep. zone and vice versa you have to switch up your scheme to fit your personnel and i just think too many times you know they've just well next man up that's a great that's great it sounds good but when you don't have the talent to <laughs> kind of have that mentality it kind of you know you got to take a step back and like okay as a coach how can I put you guys in better positions to where I'm not stretching you too thin at a position we're already thin at and keep us healthy enough and still have you guys play fast enough to where you're flying around not thinking so much. Yep. And and we can vice versa help our pass rush by having a quarterback hold on to the ball a little longer. Because what's happening is QB pre-snap sees, okay, I've looked around, okay, I've single coverage outside. They're getting the ball in their hands too fast, so it's, it's nulling our pass rush. It's wearing down the, the pass rushers. Not only that, they're getting chipped. They're getting, you know, you definitely see lines starting to slide towards Braylon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just not adjusting that way, too. So we, it's definitely just an issue of us needing to play complementary football moving forward on that, that side of the, the ball, for sure. It's also a little bit of, like, revisionist history, isn't it? Like, we're not going to act like, Kyler Gordon didn't get targeted at the end of Cal game to lose a game. You know, we're not going to act like Deshaun Hamilton didn't torch Miles Bryant. We're not going to act like all these safeties on our team are more physically gifted than uh, Jojo McIntosh and Ezekiel Turner. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's all about the people that you put in position and you continue to stick with and you continue to drill your techniques with and things like that. And then they come around, you know, but you got to help build that confidence. And something he, uh, uh, last staff would also do too is if, if they could, they would, f- your first two years on campus, they'd throw you out of position that you'd never played before ever. And just have you go to learn that position creates kind of positional versatility. And I use the word create, creates positional versatility. Jacoby comes in some hybrid linebacker safety corner um, and then strictly plays out of position um, his first two years on uh, on campus. And I don't think we're seeing that. I, I kind of gave the, the staff credit for um, having the execution or I'll say executing at a high level for the first three, four weeks of the season with these hockey lineups, where did that go? Like, how did you go from having all this great communication with these hockey lineups, the first cup and granted you're, you were at home, you know what I mean? But like that just completely but, disappeared. Like the, com- but we were like, and yes, we were on the road, but it's not like if I can jump in here, but it's not like UCLA and Arizona state are the most hostile road environments that, we, that we'll ever see. And like, <laughs> come on. I mean, like, come on. Now, like, what are we going to have problems with communications at fucking Stanford next? Like, <laughs> Yeah, bro. Like it, a lot of it just does not make sense. And I, and I really am going to like give, you know, this staff, the benefit of the doubt it's year one and stuff, you know? And I think a lot of the, the position, um, the the position group staff on defense. Well, I'm not gonna say a lot of. I will say specifically um, that DB room just needs to be reevaluated. Um, we're not talking about people's jobs. What we're talking about is it could be um, additions. You know, like Alex Cook and um, people like Trent McDuffie and a lot of the the alums would mention the fact that what other you know school has four or five designated DB coaches. So you don't need to get rid of somebody necessarily. Somebody may be a good recruiter or good at building relationships. And then let's throw in a guy who can drill things and who's a technical guy or maybe even two guys who do that or two recruit. Because now you can have um, a bunch of analysts or all those things on staff. Now there's no rules against that stuff now. So let's go out there and hire some ki- some some up and coming type guys. And I think we'll prioritize that in the offseason for sure. But. I don't know. They got to salvage something, something this week, uh, or sorry, uh, this year for sure on, uh, on in, in the defensive backfield. Yep. And, and I mean, and I, and I, yeah, I'm not calling for jobs. That's that's certainly not what I'm going to say. But I will say that in some ways, like I agree to to talk, you know, to go all the way back even to like something that got talked about a little bit with the the season is over, guys. It's like to some extent, like you suck, and like, and I'm talking about evaluating coaches. You suck until you prove that you don't. It's not. Yep. Facts. You're great until you prove that you suck. Yep. Like you suck until you prove that you don't. And certainly there's coaches on this staff that are proving that they don't suck. 
and that are very, they're very good. Like any, and, and again, and like understand. And, and like, I think there's a, a tendency amongst some in the, in the fan base. And I think it's, there's a tendency in, in every fan base that the moment that any criticism is lobbied, that is like, Oh, you're calling for their jobs. You want them to be replaced. I'm like, no, you can have a nuanced critique. Be like, yes, we understand it's their first year on the job. Like, and, but there's areas for improvement. It's not, this isn't a zero sum game where it's either like, I'm going to, you know, either have to be happy about everything or happy about nothing. Like that's not the way sports work. That's not the way the world works. Like it's like, Hey, great job on ABC X and Y. See, I mean, I think the thing with us is that, and with all the fans too, is on defense, like that's the Husky standard. Like, you know, sure. An offense is the complement to what our standard is on defense. And I just, I just retweeted something um, that I kind of quoted and said it was the standard. So just, you know, uh, yards passing per game allowed by UW 2015, second in the pack 12 at 216, 2016, second in the pack 12, 192, 2017, second in pack 12, 2018, first, 2019, third, 2020, first, 2021, first, 2022, seventh, a standard. And you're going to tell me that there was more talent in that defensive backfield in 2015. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I'll say it just was a staff that went in there and adjusted to the guys on their roster. And I will ask what that was. I will, I will also, I, I want to jump because I, because I've seen it bubble a little bit about uh, some questions about recruiting on this staff. And I will also point out to anybody that is coming after the staff for in terms of where this class is right now, Go back and look at Chris Peterson's full class, first full, true, full class, and look at where this staff's first full class is. It's a different unit. Like, and I do, yep. is my expectation is and is my standard for recruiting going to level up as the staff gets used to and gets more time in the job and has more on-field proof to, to sell? Absolutely. But let's not talk about, like, Chris Peterson, who's by far obviously the best head coach that we've had since Don James. Let's not like be under the assumption that he came in and lit the world on fire in every aspect of the program right from the get go. Like, and recruiting is critically important. Are there positive signs? Absolutely. But that, but you know, the job's not done there either. Like, level up every year, level up. Don't just be like, hey, like, the minute you get complacent about anything, you get beat. Period. And I think just bouncing back from a four and eight, I think, and I don't believe a seven and five season is what's going to happen, but seven and five, eight and four, nine and three is a huge statement that, hey, this is going the right direction. Yep. You know what I mean? A lot of people, including fans, a lot of people think that, oh my God, you're, this guy's going to flip or five stars aren't going to be interested if you go seven and five or eight and four. Well, let's look at LSU. Let's look at Auburn. Let's look at Texas A&M. Let's look at a lot of these places uh, that win five, lose five, four games every single year. And it's like, oh, five star, five there's star. A now, granted, blue there's bad program. talk. There's a blue, sorry ju- to, to jump in, but it, it bears mentioning and laughing about there's a, a blue bread program with a very prominent Twitter account that uh, lost, uh, what was it, 52 to nothing this past weekend? Come on, man. Come <laughs> uh, on, man. Smoked, Lahoma. <laughs> smoked. <laughs> and guess what? They still got a whole bunch of boys going there. And oh, now yeah, I don't I know bet. if I don't know if, if young mans would be listening, but I'm going to tell you right now, Josiah Wagner, there is a spot available for you, young brother. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and it's on my lake. Um. But I mean, just just level up. And I think one of the things, and I think to, to hood to your point in terms of the, the standard that we have, I think it's it's also a hard adjustment for fans, and that like it's we're, it's such an interesting switch of the the universe and the experience as a Husky fan from expecting basically that the defense had to be perfect because the offense was so suspect to now the offense has to be perfect because the defense is so hit and miss or more miss than hit. <laughs> What's crazy is if you have this, if DeBoer is your, or sorry, I'll say if Grubb hypothetically is your OC, you know, last year, our run defense probably doesn't even fucking matter. Like, which is the craziest part about it. Cause you're probably up mm-hmm. so much that teams then have to pass. And now you're McDuffie, Kyler. So 
just goes to show how much Lake really, really could have had uh, easy life. Oh, uh, God, that would have been, you know. Just... But anywho, we're not, we don't need to go there. Um, no, I thought it was interesting too. Just listen to Alice Cook talk. Um, so yesterday, day before, about the change he's seen since obviously coming off back-to-back losses for the first time and them having to regroup. He's like, you didn't see anybody hanging their heads. Everybody's still, you know, the energy's still high. And he noticed that he got to think back and he noticed practices had changed. You know, when you're winning, you know, you get kind of lax and different things like that. You know, your practice, you think things are just going to come to you. And he noticed, you know, defensively going back to, winter ball and spring like their practices were like games and that's what changed you know once you got in season obviously with numbers but it really stands out when you're able to evaluate the film and see the intensity isn't as as tough and, and as you know where it needed to be compared to where you were in the spring and you know the last thing you want to see is yourself taking a step back in the middle of the season so um what I'm hearing is the last couple of practices have been really lively, been a lot of pad popping. Um, so guys on defense seem like they, you know, they're trying to find their mojo again. And um, definitely, you know, there's an emphasis of running to the ball and guys just looking to bounce back. This is what you want to hear. You want to hear like how guys are going to respond. You don't want to hear them talk about it. It's like, okay, I see you guys putting the work in and try to get this thing right and turn around. Um, so I'm anxious to see how that shows its head on Saturday. Um, and just to kind of piggyback off that too, man, I mean, I obviously have no inside sources in regards to this information, but like uh, um, there were rumors that there were some tears shed after UCLA just in the way that they lost and how you know, they felt like they could have been, done better and things like that. And, and I think that's one thing you see from, you know, um, all the play callers on the team, including, you know, the the head coach, uh, you hear about their resolve and the fact that they don't quit and you can kind of see it, you know, UCLA was what 40 to 16 at a point and you lose by a score, you know, so those boys fought and I was, they was at eight points in the second half. So, you know, you got to definitely kind of, kind of say our defense has done this or has done that at times when it need to, um, things like that. And also too, that, uh, these, these boys have a, a ton of resolve. Um, I know for a fact, a lot of people are playing, hurt uh coming back a, a week early or or they're chomping at the bit to come back i mean inge talks about it all the day or sorry all the time um that they expect dudes out of the kennel soon you know what i mean and i think um you're starting to see what was it, 11 defensive backs played in the last game too the staff is gonna just trial by fire and figure out who what type of cream rises um tristan done with a big pop you know he has a long way to go in regards to the x's and o's and trusting what he sees but putting him out there, getting him comfortable, letting his eyes kind of go. They mentioned the same thing with Cam Davis on the offensive side of the ball, that he missed spring, missed fall. So, like, he's learning on the job, getting in shape on the job. So that's probably why he's not starting and things like that. But you're going to start to see that, you know, like everybody is counting the team out or, you know, they're thinking the Pac-12 is already, you know, locked up or this, that's already locked up. And literally four and two. You know, yeah. in a great position in the conference, um, and the the tail end of the conference is when, or sorry, the season is when all the crazy shit start happening. You know, yeah. So I mean, and I, I that that really kind of actually, I think you were you almost just lobbed that right up in terms of what I wanted to talk about next. So thanks for that, Ed. Is that I think the big thing, the, the other big picture thing to look at is like go back to the predictions, go back to when we looked at the season, like. I don't think anybody of us, any of us were really expecting us to beat UCLA. Like yep, that, that that's was, facts. or at least that we, we could see that, 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 that was a game we, you and I talked about it in our, you know, in our podcast, when we talked about like, Hey, if these things go our way, like, I think we were thinking that we, that the offense was going to be mistake free from the Huskies and that we'd get Dorian Thompson Robinson to make a couple of mistakes that were going to end up leading to a 45, 31 margin our way. DTR and UCLA basically played a perfect offensive game and we didn't. And, and that's what happened. I think the bigger disappointment, and, and I think it's not unreasonable is the loss to Arizona state, which is a program in turmoil with an interim head Facts. coach, a third string walk on quarterback that like, in terms of how that carries forward, that puts, I had a conversation with a good buddy of mine um, last week. I'm like, you know, like everything after the UCLA loss, it's like, just go undefeated in October because it's not the hard part of your schedule. And so like, I've got concern and, and I think to, to, you know, to, to move into the conversation about Arizona, um, it gives me 
more concern in terms of the rest of this month as we get to some of the other parts of our schedule until, um, you know, like, you know, I, I hope that, you know, darker night to your point, what, what, you know, that they have had improved practice and that we see that on the field on Saturday um, because Arizona is dangerous. Like Arizona is, is, is similar in a lot of ways. They're not as offensively, strong like in terms of some of the statistics efficient they're not as efficient they're not from the some of the statistical models they're not as um good an offense they're not ranked as highly as as an offense as we are but the, that team has weapons um like i think one of the big keys to this game is which Jaden Delora shows up how much of what we see from Arizona's quarterback this weekend is the good Jaden versus the bad Jaden versus the, what the hell are you doing Jaden? If we get like, if we get the Jaden Delora that played like most of the game against Mississippi state, we're going to be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And if we can get home, like we need to get home. And like, I hope, I hope for the fans. I mean, and I know it is a crazy sports weekend in Seattle. <laughs> it is a crazy sports weekend in Seattle. You have the Huskies at home. You have the Mariners at home. You have a Kraken home opener at six o'clock Saturday. You have WS night. dot. And of course, yes, we've got our, our friends in the Department of Traffic. <laughs> um, but um, Department of Traffic. <laughs> I thought you really thought it was that for like half a second. And I was like. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I was like, he did not really think it wasn't transportation. Did no, I, <laughs> I'm for those of you that I'm sorry. I just forgot that this is a, a an audio medium, not a visual medium. I've been tapping my nose for the last like thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, no, I I got that it's the Department of Transportation, but I I was jokey McJokerson as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, sh- you know, fans show up on Saturday, be loud, help the defense out, make it a hostile environment. Please. Um, make Jaden Delora regret that the fact that he planted the flag <laughs> on our field last year. Come for, on, for a different university. They want to um, show up and be loud. But yeah, what do you guys think about the the matchup this week? I've talked enough. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start. I'll say, I'll say I say I think it's going to be you know one of the best games in the country this week. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of points scored. I think that you can you can kind of bank on a eighty to a hundred combined points, in my opinion. Um, I'll say like like every game this year, uh, win or lose, I think styles make fights, um, and I think. You have to disregard people's records um, and just dis- and like focus on like strengths and weaknesses of certain teams. And I think this is a matchup of like strengths matching strengths and weaknesses matching weaknesses. And I think we're both both sides can be able to take advantage of a lot of them. Um, I would look for maybe like special teams to be a differentiator, turnovers to be a differentiator, um, big time. Um, but one big difference that I think that we'll see from um, the quarterback play this week is um, uh, holding on to the ball a lot more. Um, you know, the ball may need to be out on time um, and Delora is not going to do it. So I think we're going to get home a little bit more. Just think of just kind of monitoring tendency um, quarterback from so Emory Jones, as well as the um, backup quarterback uh, or third string quarterback, uh, got the ball out quick and got it out on time, um, was executing the game plan. Same was D, same as DTR. You know, ball was out at the, at the top of the drop or bottom of the drop um, ball was out. So I don't think Delora is going to do that. Even if receivers are open, he loop-de-loops and swirls and holds on to it. Now broken coverages and busted coverages can happen, but I think we're going to be the best edge team he's seen. I think we're going to have a ton of interior pressure. Um, So um, in regards to like a score, you guys, I mean, when we shoot a shot at a score, um, I will say um, let's stick to the eight between 80 to the hundred guns. I'm going to say 52 to 45. I'm going to give it 52, 45. I'm going to give it a lot of scoring. Um, nobody really stops anybody. Um, I can't tell you if it's going to be the first. Shoot, we might be down in the first half <laughs> and then come all the way back again or vice versa. But, yeah, I don't think we're either offense is going to stop each other. Um, battle of the coaches. 
And and are we on the, the, the better end of that score, in your opinion? Oh, man, absolutely, yes. Okay. So I got to give us this dub um, only because, like, I think there there is going to be some type of animosity in the game. So uh, that, that wasn't really kind of there for UCLA, you know what I mean, in regards to, like, DTR chirps and things like that, but he's kind of this old statesman who there's like this general respect for. I think there's a, a genuine dis, uh, dislike right now for Jaden Delore and things like that. So it's not going to be this respect for pageantry and c- competitive nature. It's going to be a little bit of Tanner McKee vibes where I'm going to try to get that ball out your hand. I'm going to try to blast you. I'm going to hit you on the way down. Those types of things you might see here, so, you know. Some rough, rough uh, on the ground tackling and stuff, or rubbing things in <laughs> on the turf. Extracurriculars, extra but uh, I'm excited to see it. I think we need to really, really, I think we really, really need to like rattle him up, yep. rattle him up, and those receivers don't get going. Oh yeah, I mean I watched most of the Arizona Oregon game, and what I noticed about Arizona, they really don't like to run the ball. <laughs> For whatever reason, like they just had—I mean, it could be second and four, third and two. They they'll drop back and pass. And they have three so, elite running, like really good running backs too. Oh, I know, I know, and I get like you got elite receivers too, or really good receivers. But I mean, I I literally I've been going back and forth on this. I just think it's gonna be a bounce back game for you, Dub, especially playing at home. Uh, I really think that Arizona State loss and coming off back-to-back losses got to refocus that team. And like Andy Culture would always tell you, you learn way more from a loss than you ever will from a win. Um, and I just, I just, I'm trusting that the development that we had in the secondary, we're going to have a scheme for Arizona to eliminate a lot of the explosives, uh, which they like to hit on. Um, so with that being said, I think, we do get our 50 burger for the first time this year. I said you dub is going to win this one 55 34. Okay. There's going to be some 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 mosses this game, man, on both sides. The you're going to see DBs getting all types of double moved and routed up and stumbling and mossed and <laughs> yeah, this isn't a good game for defensive back play, I'll tell you that. A problem. I'm gonna go. Uh, I agree on the 50 burger front. Um, I think I'm gonna say they're gonna good. bring your D. <laughs> Come on, all. they bringing your D on on, on Saturday. Is <laughs> your D? Hooligan. Been for yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to say "Let's go, dogs!" next week because the D showed up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say 5142. Um, uh, Sheesh is gonna be my call. Some 5142. The defense shows up when it counts, and 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 I think we actually have seen the defense to their credit, like. Have has it been not to standard? Yes, have but the, have they had their moments? And unfortunately, we've just seen a couple of instances where the defense had their moment. The offense didn't immediately capitalize, um, and it stretched the the length of the comeback or strength stretched the duration of the comeback effort. But I do think we're going to get to Delora a couple of times. He's going to turn it over, and I think some of their points are going to come, you know, pretty late, kind of in garbage time, like we saw in previous home games. Um, but I'm going to say we get back to our winning ways uh, and get a dub against the Wildcats this weekend. Um, They're so inconsistent. I mean they they literally look like I had them. I think it was third or second um, after week one and maybe even like top five team after week in the Pac-12 after week five, just off the strength of even though they don't have the personnel in the front seven, they look like they can score with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's just kind of what it looked like. And then you saw throughout kind of some games, some bigger games, a lot of the lights kind of got to them and they didn't execute well. And I just think versus some of the, the better teams, the teams that put more pressure on them, um, they just kind of play undisciplined ball. It's just seven on seven ball. And I think that's just going to be one of our games. You see when they like, I mean, I don't know how you have that 
type of gaff versus Cal. That was, you know, a lot of the things in our season have been kind of like, you know, you can kind of force foreshadow those, but that gaff versus Cal that they had was kind of just inconsistent with the level of their talent, um, what they had kind of shown in the previous weeks. So I just think they're very, very inconsistent. And I think this is one of the weeks where they're just kind of another dud. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because I think it bears mentioning because if I've got it remembered, did they not give up 49 points to Cal? And also couldn't score. To Cal. Not like... <laughs> like Vaughn's offensive cow. program. <laughs> cow. <laughs> and they always make jokes about how like, you know... Oh, you won because you have a plumber at quarterback. Well, they actually had a plumber at quarterback and won. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the crazy part. And not named Mario or Luigi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, I think we're getting a little uh, slap happy here, Punchy. Uh, any <laughs> final thoughts, or could we call this one a pod? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's all. I think that's all gravy. Uh, just show up, be loud. Um, we're really gonna need you guys. Home home field advantage yep. has been nice to us, and getting on that uh, getting a W is definitely gonna it's homecoming. Set the tone for the rest of the season. Show up, be loud. Yeah, I want I want my I want my son to experience his first Husky game coming out with a dub. Nice. So I'm excited for him. That's to, awesome. For him to join the crew at the game and and kind of see what that's all about. So he'll be clad in purple and screaming his butt off. Uh, we're going to bring home this win, yep. though. Go dogs. Uh, I will also say let's go Mariners. Go Kraken. Uh, Please. Go all rain. I think they're in the, they're in the playoffs. Uh, it's a great time to be a Seattle sports fan. Um, we'll, ca- we'll, uh, we'll have more for you next week. Beat the Strohs. Yes, sir.